0: Welcome back to the SagePost 47 podcast. This is your host, Sierra Ty Brownlee, Pomona College Class of 2024. Today, I am with Gracie Bialecki, Pomona College Class of 2012 and founder of Bialecki Creative. Thank you so much, Gracie, for coming on the podcast today.
1: You're welcome, Sierra. I am happy to be here and share my story with the other Sage friends, young and old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. Um, to s- get started, could you just share a little bit about your Pomona experience and some of the things that you were involved with?
1: Sure. Um, I came to Pomona really knowing that I wanted to study literature and writing, which was lucky because the English department at Pomona is a really special and wonderful place. Um, so I declared my major in that You know, pretty decisively and then really spent a lot mm-hmm. of time taking a variety of writing classes across the 5 Cs as well as at Pomona.
0: Okay, very cool. Very cool. And during your time at Pomona, did you ever consider maybe changing what you wanted to study or I don't know, maybe changing your thoughts with that when you from when you came in?
1: No, I think it's a little bit tricky at Pomona because there are so many talented students there and, you know, there is a really, I'd say, career driven aspect, especially with the involvement of the career development office, which I think is great. It also, I would say, maybe pushes students to get internships and to think more about what their jobs will be after college. And I, mm-hmm. if you want to be a writer, it's kind of hard to know what that is going to look like or what you're going to do besides just sit yeah. somewhere and write. So I kind of stuck to my guns with that. And um, my professor of my senior creative writing seminar, Jonathan Letham, was really helpful in talking me, to me about that. Um, but I, despite all my other friends who kind of had these paths lined up, I just decided that this was what really interested me and what I wanted to spend four years studying.
0: Definitely. And then speaking of, uh, students finding jobs and internships or feeling that pressure when you were nearing senior year or nearing graduation, um, what were your thoughts uh, I guess, when thinking about where you would go next?
1: I I knew I wanted to live with my best friend in Brooklyn, and I knew I didn't want to work in an office job, uh, and that's mm-hmm. all I knew. I did go. I remember I went um, to the Career Development Center, and they gave me some alumni in like more kind of the arts and like creative fields in New York City to reach out to I honestly don't Mm -hmm. think I even emailed anybody (laughs) (laughs) I was just like I'm graduating I have no idea what I'm gonna do I went to Europe for a couple months uh Mm -hmm. but it was definitely I mean I felt definitely like I was the exception to the rule and I Mm -hmm. was somewhat terrified but I was just
0: like this
1: is this is what it's gonna be
0: yeah yeah and then could you talk about um, maybe just your overall journey pursuing writing and then moving on to publish your books and yeah how what that process was like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that what a lot of students might not realize when they're at Pomona is it's really like the ideal environment for anything that you're studying. And mm-hmm. especially in writing classes, you have feedback from your peers, you have feedback from your professors, you have deadlines, you have all these kind of structure around creating your work. Um, and so that was great. I was writing a ton in college and then mm-hmm. you graduate and that all falls away. And I'm sure the true is the same is true of any like artistic pursuit or even in research or something like that. Yeah. So kind of finding your own structure, if it's something that you're pursuing, that isn't a nine to five job, I think is really important to consider and just how you're going to do that. Um, Definitely being in touch with some of my classmates from my writing classes, being in touch with professors was really Mm -hmm. helpful. And then just like carving out the time and saying, okay, for me, it was, you know, I'm serious about writing. So I'm going to come home from work every day and I'm going to write. Um, I was also at the time, I guess it was a little less than a year after I graduated. Mm -hmm. I started working full time at another Pomona alumni startup. So that was a job that was totally unrelated to my writing. It allowed me to pay my bills, which I was Mm -hmm. very grateful for. And it was a really, you know, it was an engaging fun environment, but to me it was totally separate from my writing. So I think it's possible to have, a career and to be meeting people, and for me in New York City, I was going to readings. I had a friend who had a bookstore, and he had helped run the poetry salon out of there. Mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of stuff outside of my office job to help yeah. with my writing career. So I think it can also be useful to think of your career as not necessarily like a, a straight defined path, but more of the nebulous of all the things that you're interested in and how to combine them and how to find ways to keep expanding that, even though you also might be spending other time doing practical things Mm -hmm. uh, like paying the bills.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then what was it like when you had come to the point where you were able to publish your first book?
1: Uh, I just felt really thrilled and grateful for it to be published because I had, I mean, I was writing it outside of my job, so Mm -hmm. the early drafts just took a really long time to get through, and I definitely spent maybe five years writing it, so that was a long process for sure, Um, and also it was my first book. I didn't know how to write a book. So there's the the fact yeah. of writing it and then the fact of figuring out, like, you know, how to structure it, how to kind of manage the project of writing a book. So I think that for me, um, just setting myself the goal of like, OK, I just want to, you know, have something that I consider finished, that I uh, consider like I'm really proud of, that I want to share mm-hmm. with people Um and giving myself credit for like just doing something that I had never done before that became really important to me um and then it ended up being published by a small publishing house whose um owner I knew through a bookstore in New York City um so I definitely I'd also say that you know anyone who's working on a creative project even if it's something solitary like writing, just being siloed at your desk and spending all your time writing, it's gonna help you get the project done, yet they're also meeting people in the community, having other people look at it, getting help editing it, getting advice is also just so useful and make yeah. me feel a lot more supported and less
0: lonely on the journey. Uh-huh. And could you talk a little bit about how you learned how to publish a book? And I mean, I don't think people just go in knowing what to do. So what was what was that like and what do you have to do? Like, how do you get a publisher and what are the different steps you take between like, producing your first draft editing and then finally publishing it?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And definitely another thing that I learned along the way, um, like I was saying before, it was really like you're you're learning at every step of the process so um traditionally you once you have you write a lot you edit a lot and you end up with this thing you know it's a final manuscript something that you consider very close to being a finished novel Mm -hmm. Um, basically like as good as it's going to be um, with your work on it and then you take that and traditionally if you want to be represented by a literary agent who would then sell your novel to a larger publishing house, you send uh, that manuscript or, you know, the beginning, maybe 10 pages of that manuscript to agents and you say, hi, my name is Gracie. I'm a wonderful writer. I read mm-hmm. this incredible novel. It's going to be so great. You're going to love it. Yeah. Um, and those people would also be agents that are representing authors that are similar to you that are interested in the subject. You know, it's not Ideally, it's not just random people or else you're kind of wasting their time. Um, like, mm-hmm. I didn't send my novel to, like, Dan Brown's agent <laughs> uh, because I'm not Dan Brown. Um, and so I did that for many months. And, you know, it takes a while for people to read it. It takes a while for people to get back to. You. And I had some very positive responses. People were liked it. Mm-hmm. Um it is a novella, so it's a bit on the shorter side. It's only forty thousand words, which is about a uh, hundred pages. So that was a concern. Um, they also smoke quite a lot of weed in it, and that was <laughs> that. You know, some some literary agents were like, you know what, uh, this this is really well written. I just like, personally like am not you know connecting to the story for you know whatever reason. So mm-hmm. it was. By that time, I had actually started writing a second novel, kind of by accident. Okay. Um, and it was great because now I have a list of people um, that I'm going to send my second novel to. Because I was like, you know what? And because a lot of people are like, if you have another project, please let me know. And I was like, you know what? I'm already working on this one. Don't worry; it's only going to take like three years to finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so. I, in the process of uh, it's called querying agents and sending the manuscript to agents, I also was just contacting, you know, editors are new, I was really just asking everybody for advice. And I would say that, um, just get really comfortable with asking for advice especially mm-hmm. if it's Pomona alumni if it's a connection a friend of a friend like I am always thrilled to hear from people and really do my best to help them even if it's just sending an email or like setting up a quick call mm-hmm. and all the people that helped me like they they did like I didn't feel like I w- they were wasting my time I was wasting their time it really yeah. was useful along the way um, and so one of the people I had sent the novel to not even asking. Um, about his publishing house, but just asking, you know, if he would have a chance to read it and give me some Mm -hmm. feedback on it, was um, the man who has founded and manages Anti-Book Club, which ended up publishing it. And he actually gave me some of the best edits I received because I was getting a lot of, you know, feedback that was kind of like, this isn't commercial enough. This is, you know, too much of a drug narrative. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to fundamentally change my book. So his edits were not asking it to be something different but really giving me advice to improve what I already had Mm -hmm. Um, and so I ended up doing some significant rewrites based on what he said and then sending him that version and he was like you know what this is really interesting you know I I really like the way this is coming together I I would be interested in publishing this. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay okay and then after publishing that at what point did you make the decision to then leave the full-time position and then start what you have and what you are doing now
1: so i had actually already left my full-time job i left my job in september 2017 and then and that was partially also because i was uh i decided to move to paris in the beginning of 2018 and then the book ended up being published in March of 2020. So I finished writing it in Paris and then I was querying agents in 2019 and then it was published in 2020. So I had I had just decided um, that, you know, I had the opportunity to move to Paris because one of my friends lives there and it just felt like the time to make a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like in a in a financially stable place because I had been working and saving money. So Mm -hmm. I decided to leave my job and focus on my writing. Um, I would say like very rarely, I'm I'm definitely lucky to have been in that place Mm -hmm. and, you know, to have everything have worked out, but like having, having that time to focus on my writing really did allow me to finish the book. And I would also say that, you know, I think that a lot of people who have, creative ideas or are interested in pursuing the arts are like you know what eventually one day I'll be able to quit my job and I'll be able to write that novel I'll go to the forest and make this music album once the cabin appears once you know my startup succeeds once all of this and I think it was really helpful for me not to wait for that and just to start working on the project mm-hmm. because I already had a foundation. I already had a writing practice when I arrived in Paris. So I could really throw myself into that and like grow from that rather than starting for scratch. And also I would say for those who are, you know, playing the waiting game, waiting for the perfect moment, uh, mm-hmm. the perfect moment, in my experience, uh, sometimes just never arrives. Or (laughs) (laughs) you can spend a long time waiting for it and a long time not doing the project that you're thinking about. So um, for me, it just worked uh, well to kind of start it, even if it was like tedious and kind of like inching forward because Mm -hmm. uh, that progress meant a lot to me. And then later it was a lot easier to build on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Something I've always been curious about is what does like a day look like when you are working on maybe one project and so your goal is to write for that day um like how do you do you have like a plan going into the day um, and what does that look like
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i love that question um so it's definitely evolved for me over time. I write best in the mornings and I don't usually write for more than three hours in the morning because I feel like it kind of has diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. So for me, I also because I came from a startup background, I worked at um, Joyride, my Pomona friend's startup for five years and mm-hmm. we I was their first employee and we grew to over a hundred people. So it was, uh, yeah, it was super successful. It was a lot of fun Um, and I learned a ton. And one of the things I learned was project management. So when I started working on my own, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to project manage myself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I really do have um, a list of like weekly things I'm doing. And in that way, it's been really helpful because when I sit down to write in the mornings, I know exactly what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And there's no kind of like figuring out where I left off. So in the beginning, I, you know, I was working on the novel three hours a day, maybe if I had new passages to write I always write out longhand first so I'd write them in my notebook then I would type them up maybe I had you know specific things I was editing so I'd get into some editing after um and then now that I have my own business and I'm also facilitating workshops and doing things around that usually in the afternoon that's when I do more of my like writing business stuff Mm -hmm. whereas in the morning um it's more focused on the writing I I'm sure that there are some people that could write for, you know, write all morning, take a break, and then go back and write more uh, mm-hmm. in the afternoon. To me, that sounds very difficult. And I also, yeah. um, I really do believe in, like, diminishing returns. And if mm-hmm. you're, like, you're really tired, I don't think that, like, forcing yourself to write on the five pages, like, is going to be as advantageous as just, like, taking, a, taking the rest of the day off and, like, writing them tomorrow. Unless like you're on a deadline and you really have to do it. And there's, a, you know, a bunch of reasons.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very interesting because, yeah, like you said, I I think had the image of writers just waking up, writing, like taking a break and then just writing the rest of the day. And I thought that must be kind of difficult. <laughs> um, definitely. I think so.
1: I don't know if I know anybody who writes all day. I'll ask all my writer friends. That's an interesting question. I mean, I'm sure it must work for some people, um, but I don't think it's it's very common. And it's so, writing is so interesting because everyone has a different process. Everyone has something else that works for them. And like the best advice about that is just figure out what works for you. Like, you know, if somebody is saying you need to sit down and write for six hours a day, like, maybe that's great for them and they're turning out novels yeah Yeah, it's just torturous for you and if you keep on forcing yourself to do that you're not gonna like writing you're not gonna be producing work that's resonating with you um Mm -hmm. and it's just gonna start feeling like a terrible job instead of like you know something that you're you're doing because it's your art and you enjoy doing it yeah
0: yeah definitely and then what made you decide or motivated you to start your own business? I,
1: you know, I was writing in the mornings. I was living in Paris. I still live in Paris. And I was getting more and more involved with uh, the writing community there. Mm -hmm. And I still had strong connections to a lot of um, writing writers and editors back in New York. And I realized that I was what was normal for me was not normal for many people. Because if I was working on something, even if it was like, you know, a personal essay or maybe just like a cover letter for a job, Mm -hmm. I had this whole network of people I could ask questions to, I could send it out, who, you know, would give me edits on it. For my second novel, I'm in a writing group and we meet every two weeks and we share chapters. So I have this whole kind of network of people to help me uh, with writing and editing yeah. with e- and I realized that a lot of people want to start writing um, and they don't they don't have access to that just because maybe they've graduated you know maybe they studied English um, 20 years ago <laughs> maybe they're older right. and they're just starting this project maybe they live in a small town and they've just never met other people that are interested in writing so mm. I really saw that, that there was a a demand there to you know have get just like get feedback on your work and i also mm-hmm. liked the idea of helping people you know f- realize projects that they've never done before like right now i'm working with a woman who is an herbalist and a healer and she's putting out her first book of poetry because she's always written poems mm-hmm. and she's been really interested in that so you know i was helping her put that together i have Um, gone through like the self-publishing process with a couple books so Mm -hmm. I was also helping her you know with the logistics behind that and just giving her advice and to me like I just love it when people create things and do things you know that they're passionate about and Mm -hmm. it's definitely sometimes you just need somebody else to kind of like bounce your ideas off of um, and to give you support to like really get the project moving rather than just being like oh wow this is a really big thing if I figure it all out by myself
0: yeah looking to the future where do you hope to take your business, your writing and kind of all of it um For the business I've definitely been getting into doing
1: more workshops because I right now I host A free monthly workshop um, through a literary association called Paris Lit Up that I am a member of. And that's just been a really great way. Now that we used to meet at Shakespeare and Company, uh, the bookstore in Paris, and then since the pandemic, we've been meeting on Zoom. So it's been a really great way to kind of connect with people internationally. And I am also now. Hosting a weekly poetry workshop through another uh, comp- organization in New York City called road which is for uh, seniors, and it's helping encouraging them to like tell their stories mm-hmm. via poetry. Yeah. Um. And I just really see these as like a wonderful way of connecting with people, and you Definitely. know, making these ideas and like practices more accessible to people so and especially now that we're all so comfortable with being on zoom i mean Mm -hmm. i love in-person events and i'm definitely going to continue to do those um it's also just really great to have a digital version too because you can reach so many different people in Mm -hmm. so many different places um and then you know the other side of it is just you know other projects like the one i mentioned it helping people either put together books um put together essays um, of things that you know they've always wanted to do, but never really had the maybe time or like structure to put together. The final thing for my business is I'm also gonna add a part of my business that's maybe sliding scale or do- donation based mm-hmm. to help women tell their stories that they've just, you know maybe it's about a traumatic moment it doesn't necessarily have to be related to me too it could be about race but more like personal narratives Mm -hmm. that they want to share and you know haven't haven't been able to write or are finally now comfortable writing and want to you know somebody to help them kind of Finalize that story before they present it, and mm-hmm. even if it's just for themselves, um, because I do think that writing is a very cathartic process, and that just like it, if it's for you, if it's for your immediate family, if it's to share with uh, the community, whatever whatever your final audience be, it ends up being just the act of doing it um, mm-hmm. can be very healing, and then for my my personal writing i am finishing up my second novel so i probably have a couple more months uh getting it all polished and then i'll be sending that out to look for an agent and Mm -hmm. um get it published so i try to do i try to mono task on my creative writing projects um because it's hard to. You know, it's just for me, I just can't wrap my head around having too many at
0: once. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, well, that's very cool and very exciting. So, I mean, I hope that these coming months go well. And yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And um, anyone who wants to get
1: in touch is welcome to. I'm happy to answer any questions or, you know, give any advice that I can.
0: Oh, actually, sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to imply that this was being ended. Um, As a final question, I typically like to ask just in general, if you have any thoughts or advice you'd like to share with current students, and this could honestly be about anything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I kind of touched on it earlier when I was talking about the idea of your career not being like a very set path, Mm -hmm. but more things that you're interested in, things that you're pursuing, even if they're not directly related. Um, you know, I have been spending a lot of time volunteering with this literary association, Paris Lit Up, and volunteering to become, um, to host a monthly workshop there made me realize that I really enjoyed doing that. I really like connecting to connecting with people and it opened up you know the opportunity to do it on a paid basis and kind of got the wheels turning in my head about you know the potential of continuing to do it so I would also say just like explore don't don't be worried if what you're doing isn't you know your main job because Mm -hmm. you, you never really know what could come out of it um and If you really love something, just carve out the time, even if it's just half an hour a day. You know, if you really love drawing, but you're working as a paralegal, that's totally fine. You can still draw at night. That doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that. For me, you're an artist. If you're creating art, you don't need to have be supporting yourself entirely from your art because that's incredibly Mm -hmm. difficult to do, especially in our country. Um, You don't need to be having like shows in a gallery. It's totally fine to put together a zine with your friends and sell it for $5 or sell it Mm -hmm. for free. Um, You know, as long as you're creating things and you're connecting with people and it's making you happy. there's nothing wrong with it it's totally fine to talk about when people ask you what you do you don't have to have like the perfect cookie cutter answer to that Uh, you can be doing five different things Um, I would just say like you know listen listen to what is inside of you and don't worry too much about having it all figured out because we never really know where we're gonna end up
0: yeah that's true very good advice Okay, now I think we will wrap things up. So thank you so much, Gracie, for coming on the podcast today.
1: You're very welcome. Uh,
0: Thank you for having
1: me. I really enjoyed it. And if anyone wants to get in touch or has any questions, I
0: uh, am happy to help. All right. Thank you, guys, and take care.